Welcome to the podcast, episode 12. As gyms are reopening, we thought this would be a great time to share our thoughts and some research on returning to exercise, getting back to the gym safely and effectively. So we'll be talking about training and nutrition, things that we think you should avoid and some tips and tricks. So welcome. Andy is still in the UK. I think Jim's opening there. Today. Today. Gosh. Today. <laughs> Hordes. Yeah. Hordes will be running to the gym. Yeah, how? Yeah, they're going up. open until 4 p.m. for some bizarre oh. reason. But how? Oh, that, that's really delayed gratification, isn't it? Do you it? have any idea how they plan to do it? Do you register early? Do you well, book a spot? Well, I don't know. Is it, the honest answer of a gym I train at when I'm here, I don't know. Yeah, because I know... Some of all the big chains have got a real strict sort of booking policy. But the gym I train that has a really small footfall. Okay. It's like a little niche sort of bodybuilding gym in an industrial estate. And they have low occupancy anyway. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think for them, you know, they're going to have a lot of people. So they haven't mentioned the booking system. I've uh-huh. been told, you know, just come down at like between four and seven tonight, pay my membership and I can start using it. Yeah. I don't think there's a booking because I've talked to a couple of clients, you know, at, at bigger, bigger sort of chains, and it's just an hour limit though, rather than yeah. a booking system. Yeah, you got book slots. Yeah. Um, I know, like you know, in some of the big gym chains in London, you know, the staff been told we're not allowed. We've got to book a slot themselves if they want to train. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> so, That's yeah. Got, uh, yeah, and it's only if there's no occupant. Yeah, you know, if all the slots aren't booked up. Um, so yeah, there's a strict, and there's like you know sanitizing everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That must. So. Well, yeah, you it hear it's suck. different. I mean, the gyms have been open for a week. Yeah, but I'm saying it must suck for guys who are all about the high volume training. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this sure. is good, actually. <laughs> yeah, you have an hour to warm up, train effectively, and leave the gym. Yeah, you know what I would do on an hour. I'd probably do a sort of semi-warm-up at home. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Park, park away from the gym, walk or jog there, yeah. walk quickly, swinging your arms, get the blood flowing. So as soon as you get in there, you've done a bit of a, yes. some sort of bit of mobilisation <laughs> yeah. warming up, yeah. just so you can always get straight into some yeah. feeder sets or a couple of warm-up sets. Yeah, because yeah. uh, I was at uh, Ultra Fitness, the... Yeah, it was good. They kept it clean. Uh, they had the markers for the studio. It wasn't that packed. And I think guys are just smart. No one was trying to, you know, it was social distancing. Yeah. I think people are just happy to be back in the gym. Yeah. yeah. And I guys don't are think good. Like when I'm back in Kenya, a bit like you guys, I won't need to go too often to a commercial gym mm-hmm. anyway. And I can pick my time yeah. to be around, you know, low footfall or whatever. And then, you know, because I'll have a train at my own gym at home. And, you know, talking of which, you guys have now got your foundations in. Yeah. We do, we do. It will hopefully be ready next week. Yeah, they're, 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 um, it's also like a delayed gratification kind of thing. They say Friday and then <laughs> it's like, oh, just some more tweaking to be done. So <laughs> okay. I don't even uh, want to know. That's I just... why you can just keep extending. There's a Kenyan building. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. even want to know. I just want to see it and be like, oh, step yeah. one is done. <laughs> yeah, it'd be more exciting once all the kit arrives in the container. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, moving yeah. around. But, you know, you can already start, pl- once you've got the container in place, you can start planning. 
Yeah, because uh, the flooring. See, uh, mark it off. Yeah, put in the flooring and uh, what is it? Electricity. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. No plumbing. No need for water. Nah. Um, no, of course we have to have a sanitizing sanitizing station outside, Andy. Don't yeah, worry. We're <laughs> yeah, we're just for, a little, a little sort of, uh, you know, those um, just a matungi with a little tap and just wash it. Is that there? Yeah, yeah. all we need. Yeah, yeah, and then the rest will come later after we are done with the sandwood studio. Yeah. Well, I mean, so for everyone who's going back into training. Um, and there's lots of advice right now on Instagram and everywhere on how to return. Um, but we thought we'd go over that as well. And from my point of view, I know a lot of people have maybe put on a, a quite a bit of weight during lockdown. You know, you might you know not have been training as you, you've used to. You're just not comfortable in your skin. And to all those people, I would just really encourage you that don't do anything drastic. You know, don't suddenly decide that you're going to go on a 10-day juice detox um, or sign up with some, you know, crazy company that, you know, yeah, it's got results, but probably not the most sustainable where you're losing sort of 10 kilos in one month kind of thing. Um I would just be very sensible about it. Um, just you know, start, you know, start slowly getting some really good uh, habits back. Because I'm sure I know most people have complained of just, you know, a lot of snacking and uh, you know not having sort of set out meals. Maybe not getting in enough sort of veggies and micronutrients. You know, if you've got kids, maybe you're snacking more on your kiddies' food. So, you know, just start with the small things like getting those, you know, foundations back, those good habits back um, rather than deciding to go crazy um, and following, I don't know, maybe you want to do a metabolic diet or something or you're going to yeah, do your crazy slimming teas. So be sensible. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a case of, yeah, diet wise is, yeah. Just tidy up what you've been doing, as you said. Just you know, start maybe tracking again. Start thinking about your movement in general steps because a lot of people haven't been going out as much because you know we don't want to go to shops or we don't want to go to these places. You know, so just start moving around more. But with like training itself, what I said to my guys the first week, you it's two ways of doing it depending on what equipment you had at home. If you had a relatively decent amount of equipment even if it was light and you're doing things like dumbbell exercises continue those at the gym just ease yourself back into it maybe add a little bit of load as the weeks go on the week next week or whatever the first week just feel feel it out in the same program if you're doing it with like very little weight like you know guys lifting with bags or canisters of water go back to the gym have a little fun don't there's no need to have a big hard program for the first week. Just ease yourself in or treat it like a, almost like a deload exactly. or like a reload. Yeah, you know, yeah I like that. that you know, a reload. You know, yeah. Get a little bit of weight on some of your favourite bits of equipment. Yeah. You know, some big, you know, like 12 to 15 rep sets just to get the blood going, get used to being on the equipment again. Because 
when you enter the gym, you're going to be a bit detrained. So you want to just get yourself back used to those movement patterns. There's no point jumping straight in and trying to get back to your logbook and mm-hmm. lifting from where you were before. You know, you, you, it just won't happen. Yeah. And you're going to get injured. And so start nice and relaxed. And ju- start just enjoying being in the gym and get used to how the gyms now are. Yes. Get and that- used to training yeah. with a mask on. Get used to having a stand two metres from people. And keeping it within an hour. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah exactly. And have a bit of fun and enjoy being back in the gym. I think gyms are now going to be like the people who weren't were just going for the motions of going to the gym. I think we'll stop going to the gym. Yeah. People who really like to train will be at the gym and maybe respectful of the time. Yes. Be respectful of how to run things because they want to be there. They're not going to complain. But again, they're the same people are likely to get injured, to get really bad doms and stuff because they're going to just start trying to go back to where Ooh, we were. Yeah. I think you've got to be a bit sensible. I, don't, I can't see many people taking up exercise for the first time. Who Some people did take up exercising at home during lockdown. I think most people may continue at home for a bit longer. Yeah. Cause, um, so there's no reason not to. If you're new to it, you get benefits still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because anywhere you go to look for equipment, it's done. So yep. it's it's almost like will will the same people who bought all this stuff really stop using it? And um, I, I I don't think so. I think there'll be now guys who will go back to the gym, and then guys who now will just prefer working from home. Yeah, yeah, working out from home rather. I think if you've seen progress at home. Yeah. People who've got some decent equipment and saw some progress, to them there's probably no real need to get back to the gym as in you know, if they're seeing progress already, there's not gonna be that passion to get to a gym. So I think the people who've regressed a little bit, because they didn't have the equipment, yeah. they'll be the ones desperate to get back into the gym. And but you know, as I said, they're also play a psychological game because they want to catch up to where they were yeah. and progress. <laughs> it's a bit like when you come back off a break, oh, you've yeah. had an injury, yeah. you almost rush back into it and you end up with a different injury because <laughs> you rushed it. You know? Yeah, no, that's that's so true. And you can even combine it. Like I think what we might do is just do maybe one day a week in the gym, the rest at home. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, just... Have, if, if you're doing sort of an upper lower split maybe have two days at the gym two days at home something yeah. like that like uh, a like a barbell dumbbell day and then you go to the gym and do you know machines exactly yeah. some of that good equipment yeah. yeah that's the thing like my first session I, I changed my whole week around just so my first <laughs> session to be legs yeah, yeah. <laughs> my leg equipment yeah. I'm not going to go crazy heavy I've just got to be careful because the gym my trainer here is a proper bodybuilder's gym yeah. yes. there's a couple of guys at the top level open class bodybuilders train there not like pros but like top national level guys you're looking to turn pro it's easy to get caught in that trap of seeing guys (laughs) training really heavy dragged into it so but it's going to be good to get on some decent leg equipment so that's why I've chosen to do legs first because it's one of the few things you can't go crazy with at home so yeah. there have been lots of split squats, yeah. even some leg extensions on the bench with, you know, band and weights. Yeah. But now we're, you know, I can, you know, with various hack squats or leg presses and 
And right there, your doctor just one, two days, it's like, nope. Yeah, and so <laughs> that's how an injury starts. So, yeah, pace yourself, man. <laughs> even, if it, even if it feels easy, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You, you might even still get the DOMS if it's feeling easy. You just... it, yeah, so for me personally, I'm gonna like today, tomorrow, I'll try and train. I will go relatively light and have fun. Monday, um, I'll have my new program for Molly to start. Ooh, nice. Um, yeah. But the first week's always a bit of a, a deload, sort of getting to know the movements week yeah. before we start you know, pushing any weight up. So, you know, from Monday onwards, you know, calories are going to start going up again. Yay. We're going to be in the gym. We're going to start lifting some weight. But yeah. we will have to start, yeah, our first week's going to be just about relearning movement patterns. Yeah. Well, I think that's such a good point, relearning your movement patterns. I think even for most people, even uh, two to three weeks, even a month. Because at least you've been training, so it'll be yeah. it'll just be easy to adapt into that. But for guys who've not been training, I think just take your time. Don't compete with your, you know, your gym partner or... The guy well, yourself even it's just yeah this is one time you really do have to check your ego at the door yeah even your yeah even if you're not training to compete with the other people in the gym it's trying to forget what you were doing before lockdown you know this is a fresh start almost yeah 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 <laughs> so, yeah new start to your logbook but i was saying to someone this week it's probably really good again as in you'll start light so you can make progress yeah, with little incremental rises yeah. you start at a lower weight mm-hmm so it's not a bad thing being weaker when you step into the gym. Not at all. Not at all. It's a lot of progress. Yeah, it's fun to kind of start again. And, um, you know, like you said, just work on those movement patterns and you will you will really reap the benefits of that. Um, yeah. So I think also we were just discussing before how just seen all over Instagram, how there's this big sort of mini cut movement and how that can be used quite badly. And I think people see it as a sort of quick fix, quick weight loss, which it is, but it really has its niche. Um, So if you are someone who's sort of been caught up in the mini cut and just thinks this is gonna be the answer, you know, just do your research about it a bit more. They're mainly used as part of a longer massing or bulking phase to help you bring down your body fat and to just rekindle your appetite so that you can mass or bulk for longer. It's not really like straight out of ISO and in let's cut some kilos. You know, if you've got, you know, over, you know, six kilos to lose, a mini cut is not for you. You need a longer, a longer one. Yeah, I think it's, you know, how long's a mini cut? You know, I say six to eight weeks um, max. Now, the idea, and it also depends on the person because 
someone with uneven fat distribution will generally need to cut for longer. But the problem with an aggressive mini cut is you will lose muscle if you are someone who has to be in it for longer. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've got nice even fat distribution, after about four weeks you'll look pretty pretty good um, because you lose it all over. Now, if you're someone like me who holds their weight around their lower stomach or for some people on their lower back and with love handles, then that takes generally longer to lose and you know, you look really lean everywhere but still won't see your abs yeah. or your lower abs, so you have to keep doing it. And the longer you stay in those really high calorie deficits, you will lose size. So when you're bringing someone down who has uneven fat distribution, you may need to bring them down, take them to maintenance, bring them down, take them to maintenance, and bring it down more gradually. So a mini cut's probably not so good for them. Unless you're going to elongate it, and then becomes just a cut to, to, to go into a rebound. Yeah, which true. is something that I've been doing, um, although I was, was going to compete, and then it's decided, oh, it would just bring you down to, to rebound into a growing phase. Yeah. And I think the two things are different. I think if you are not, if you're just looking to lose weight, you're better off just doing it gradually and carefully and, and do it in a way of growing habits. But again, people want it all immediately we live yep. in a consumer society where everyone wants things immediately and we have no patience to actually do so properly yeah and i mean mini cuts are aggressive they're hard yeah. they are no joke <laughs> you need to be in a good place mentally as well if you're going to do them so yeah. just re- that's the thing that's a really good point there because relationships with food in a mini cut can get really damaged if you're being really super aggressive for four weeks of a diet and you're on you know you're a 200 pound man and 1500 calories yeah you're gonna lose weight mm-hmm. but the majority of people who suddenly stop to then go into a growing phase who then eat everything in sight and have a massive fat rebound rather than a, a lean tissue rebound is real yeah anyone who's competed knows that if you've rushed or prep and you get to yeah you know, i mean you do a show when you go into sort of post-show rebound, yeah. the harder and quicker that prep was, more likely you are to rebound into shit food. Yeah. Mm. Body fat. Because, you know, you've not done it gradually, you've not sort of, you know, built in better habits and a better mindset. You know, you just thrown everything. It's like, as we always say about landing the plane, so you've hit the fuck it button, you've just yeah. nosedived into the <laughs> ground. <laughs> and you get there, but how healthy you are once you climb out of that rubble, so, yeah. yeah, I'd say mini cuts almost for more experienced, um, you know, person with dieting. You need to know yourself pretty well. You need to be very confident with, you know, tracking your macros and calories. Um, and yeah, I mean, when I did it, four weeks was was plenty. I think eight weeks is even pushing it. Well, I guess you'd be slightly less aggressive if you were doing eight weeks. Yeah. Um, but also, it's not. You need to be at a very good point in your calories, you know, to start because you're you're creating a, a pretty large deficit. So you want to be at least at least at your maintenance. Um, so more your calculated maintenance. So um, you know, if if you've been sort of half half asked 
dieting during lockdown. Again, mini cut is not your solution. You need to get your habits in place first. And like Andrew's saying, do a nice, you know, a slower, a slower cut. Also, with aggressive dieting, your performance in the gym will suffer. Yeah. Yeah. So you may lose yeah, a bit of sarcoplasmic volume. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, so that's something you've got to also realise with. So, you know, people who, whose performance suffer tend to then cheat a lot on their reps and they're more likely then to get injured as well. So, you know, it's a case of you have to lower your weights in the gym still training with the same intensity but be more mindful of how you're lifting just so you don't injure yourself as well yeah i'm ready for it though um what mini cut yeah i'm tired of the <laughs> surplus already. that's more of a i reckon that's more of a, a food relationship thing as in yeah. you're fed up of eating so much yeah my, my, yeah <laughs> I, I know i'll 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 give it you know everything because i'm ready I'm, I'm ready to no well it's perfect for someone like rice, you yeah. it's perfect <laughs> yeah. because it's more to rekindle your appetite as well but also yeah, for you to now lose because you've been on such high calories your mini car is still going to be on a lot more calories than yeah. 90% of the people listening will have yeah that's that's the beauty of it it's you know you're dieting but eating quite quite a bit so I hope at least by next year, even when I start prep, I'm sure I'll be starting at a very... Yeah, would be a, a great a great point. Yeah. 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 It's like climbing a stairs. you got to sometimes level off to go to the next stage. Yeah. You have to climb back, go yeah. back up, but bring it up even more. Yeah, it'll, it'll be good. And uh, it's also a good time to just learn more about myself because, you know, the body changes, science changes, it's... It's never the same. Your first cut, second, same as your prep, bulk, they always change. It's always a different process somehow. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. And, like, you know, I had my bloods done the other week. I was talking to Dr. Dean. Yeah. And, you know, everything from various hormone imbalances can have an effect on, even if your thyroid is good, on how you lose weight. And, yes. You know, so you've got to, you know, that's why every prep's different because there's a lot to do with, How's your health in general? Mm-hmm. How's your hormones just behaving at a time? Are we up, are we down? You know, it's a bit of a, your body just fights to be in homeostasis as much yes. as possible. So yeah. that's why every time it, your prep can be a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, so if, uh, if, if you're feeling like you're, you're, you've been stuck in a, a rut during lockdown, um, it is so tempting to want to, you know, go from zero to a hundred you know, like suddenly overnight, it's almost like New Year's resolutions. You're like, right, complete life overhaul. Gonna do hit. Gonna work out every day. Um, just really get in the basics first, like the you know said before, your big rocks. Very basic things. Make sure your sleep is good. You know, plan out your meals. Maybe just start with, you know, if you think if you haven't been tracking at all, just, just go to maintenance for a couple of weeks. Just, you know, re-establish what that is before you go into a deficit. Exactly. And that, I think that's really good advice. Go into, start a diet at maintenance first. Get used to the tracking again. Get used to being mindful about what you're eating. Get all those big rock habits back into place before yeah. worry about everything else. You know, you think about your recovery, plan out your recovery as well. Because there's no point 
people trying to start diets if your world's all up in the air. Mm-hmm. A lot of people at this time, you know, businesses, everything else, are struggling. The last thing you want to do is add an extra stress to your life. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, balance it out. You know, unless you're like a pro sports person, yeah. I would not really be looking to add extra stress right now. So if you're, everything's fine in your life, just start looking at doing, getting your rocks in place. Start with just tracking your maintenance. And then once you've got your maintenance numbers down, then you can say, hey, let's just knock 500 calories a day off. Yep. And then do that and you'll lose weight in no time. Yeah, simple. And I think that's so much more motivational because if you suddenly go, you know, like you were saying, and your life's upside down and you try and do a diet and you fail, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's not motivational at all. You're not really setting yourself up for success. Whereas if you, you know, start more moderately, you're going to feel like, you know, you're, you're achieving something which is so motivational and you can just build on that. So we do have a couple of questions and thanks again to everyone who sent those in. Uh, One of them is really interesting and we'll probably need to do more research on it um, about uh, protein distribution. So thank you for sending that one in. We'll try and answer it as best as we can. So the question is, how is protein distributed to the body's muscles? Does the most trained muscle get the most protein or what? Leon, do you want to go first? We already chatted before. All right. We usually stress that the body is a unit. So it's not that your your body will choose enough protein will go to the leg first and maybe one finger that was broken last week and um, (laughs) it doesn't choose like that. That would be nice. I know, that would be... You'd have huge calves by now. I know, oh, (laughs) jeez. Most men would be trying to get protein to go to one place in their younger days. Yeah, women would all have enormous glutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have um, one thing I think people forget is uh, protein is responsible for, you know, your nails, your hair. That's keratin. So production of nails, hair. Um, I think healthy skin. If I'm not wrong your organ health so uh, even before your body starts thinking of muscle which is expensive it's an expensive thing for your body to have that's why you see even sportsmen bodybuilders um, just performance athletes are on high protein diets because that just means you adding muscle adds your uh, do i say dependency of protein it just adds to your protein needs so you have now your hair your skin uh say your nails your liver other organs and then now you're adding muscle so in terms of recovery when it comes to that i don't know if muscle is last that's part of the research we probably have to do more and even in terms of absorption there's you know guys say about 20 to 25 grams per uh, yeah. per meal mm-hmm. but some research says it's possible for more to be absorbed we're not sure if it's genetic genetic or it's yeah. about genetic predisposition or 
So that's just part of the research we'll probably do. But your your protein it doesn't choose. It, you can't. No, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, you, you don't choose. You can't choose. It's a lot to do with need. Yeah. And as you said, the mega point there about genetics. Some people genetically more able to use more protein because you know we've got more protein. Um, you know, protein synthesis, yeah. you know, um, receptors in the muscle. Everyone's got them, but it's like, do, you know, do some people have more? And there's the thing, you know, the more muscle you've built, the more you'll need the protein, need protein. to repair yeah. it. Yeah. So it becomes a need-based system. You know, everyone's got a basic need. And you know, as they said, function, hair, function. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. This comes back down to your training intensity on any particular muscle group. It's about trying to make your brain actually think you need to make more muscle. If you've just been doing, you know, basic body weight exercises, your body's going to get used to that quite quickly. But if every time you step into a gym and your body thinks it's about to die from the stimulus and stuff, <laughs> yeah. like, it will try to adapt to keep you alive. And then suddenly think, we need to produce more muscle to stop this guy getting crushed by whatever is happening, because they don't know what's happening. You know, the body doesn't know. The body just responds. Yeah. So it is a need, but you can't say, hey, I'm going to get my cast to grow bigger. But you, you can stimulate that by training up intensely. But you know, you've got to think about what need you've got. So if your recovery is poor on something else, so you did your, say you did a massive back session the day before going into legs. When you're eating your meals that day, your back's probably still trying to synthesize muscle and repair if you haven't had good sleep and everything else, everything's a bit knocked on and if you didn't eat properly the day before. So it's about being consistent with all these things, the protein, you know, and being consistent with your what your body needs yeah. over time so you don't have a backlog to fill first. Yeah. Um, there's also in one of uh, JP's nutrition uh, videos, he says which I think is a very good point people need to remember. Your body does not need muscle. That's oh, why yeah. we induce stress in terms of weight training and increase in protein intake to build muscle. That's why muscle is just an expensive commodity for your body. Yeah, and it is even more so in the modern society we live in. It's different. Have you ever seen, and we always talk about it yeah. from where I'm from because it's a rural community back in in the UK, mm. you know, there's farmer strength. Mm -hmm. We all played rugby. I played rugby with a lot of farmers who <laughs> were just naturally big, strong guys yeah. because their body needed to have that muscle to do their day-to-day -day job. Now, a guy working in an office, <laughs> True. you know, Sitting at a desk down. all day, doesn't need to have muscle, so it becomes expensive for his body to produce it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is a lifestyle thing as well. And you're right, the human body and the current way we treat the world and ourselves and drive everywhere and and everything else we don't need to have muscle unless you're working a very manual job the body yeah. doesn't want so therefore you've got to try and encourage it yeah and as for the protein distribution that's that, yeah. that could be a full-on podcast because it's it's yeah no it's, it's an amazing topic yeah. when uh, because we were just going through some articles before and it's it's a really intricate process very yeah there's a lot to it it's not just you know eat 
your saliva, stomach, and then protein distributed. It's a yeah, it goes through a lot of channels. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, bio channels in there, and hormones play an effect. Yeah. Also, as I was saying, we were discussing this before we went live. You know, it's also to do with your total calories. There's no point having low total calories and high mm. protein because yes. your body say, actually, we need that protein. If your fats and carbs are low, but your protein is high, your body say, hey. I need that protein yeah. for energy. <laughs> yeah. And shuttle as much of it can into uh, neoglucogenesis to create energy for the body to create glucose. Yeah. So you, you've got to, you know, the biggest question is are you in, are you in a, you know, maintenance surplus or deficit? Yeah. And then, you know, and then it's trying to have that rounded nutrition to make sure you're not stealing from Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. No? Because uh, yeah, I think people assume when you're, you know, bulking or cutting, so building muscle or losing weight, yeah. somehow the way people talk, some most people, you assume your body knows what you're trying to do, but your body doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Your body is so, just trying to su- yeah. survive. Your, yeah, your body doesn't care you're trying to lose fat or you know, build lean tissue. It goes into, you know, I need to survive. There's stress induced here. We need to get all the energy we need to recover or whatever. So just remember that whenever you're trying to cut and you're eating your, your, or you're doing your detox or fat diet, your body doesn't care. It doesn't know you're trying to lose weight. So it'd be like, you know, let 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 them have this one. Let 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 the fat die. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you test with that big arm. So let's just give. Yeah, it nope. Yeah, it doesn't work because I've tried it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, but here's the thing as well: is stress. People forget how much stress plays a part in affecting. And we've talked about this before in the podcast. Affecting, you know, how we shuttle nutrients or how our body processes any hormonal change. Yeah. yeah. And when you know we're dealing with high levels of cortisol, that can have a huge knock-on effect long-term in how we are distributing protein and how our body deals with glucose. So, you know, there's no point even worrying about this. Well, for ninety-nine percent of the people, there's no point even worrying about protein yes. distribution. Yeah, you, know, you need to worry about the main. Stones. There's only very small. I would even say most bodybuilders don't even need to worry about protein no. distribution. I think yeah. you know, professionals, top tier professionals, maybe if they've got everything else polished down, then they can look at right, how's this protein distributing? How yeah. can I change that? Because outside of that, really, you've got a lot more bigger things to worry about. Yeah, like, yeah no, <laughs> that's eating properly, sleeping yeah. properly. Yeah. yeah, it's way, 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 way under. On your yeah, list. it's way down the road. Yeah. You know, even I'm not even worried about it. You know, I've been training a long time, and it's not even close to being on my radar. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I focus on trying to improve my sleep, making sure every training session is tense, it's like a make it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I was like, at the same time. Because I was, I was talking to a friend, and now it seems you, you know, you you train hard. Yeah, you eat. That's good. And now you realize how sleep and recovery and you're just thinking, oh, did I sleep well? Did I? Why am I so tired? It's yeah, you're so focused on sleep and say recovery more than even your training, because you know you if you know your training and you know yourself and you're training hard, you know that that's sorted. So 
that's the thing I think beyond protein yeah it's more important to manage your carbs and that's the same thing as I said to you guys I'm monitoring my glucose blood glucose and yeah. insulin responses yeah fasted been a couple of hours after eating making sure my blood sugars return to a nor- to a normal um, so and then you know I, I take my blood pressure first thing in the morning and last thing at night and I'm monitoring that for a couple of weeks just to find what my normal is yes um, and understanding how my body responds to certain things and you know I was having a conversation with uh, one of your clients, was Fleur. Oh, yeah. So yeah. About yeah, blood glucose monitoring yeah. long-term on an app and the benefits of that over a long period is, yeah, I think it's actually pretty decent because I think that's way more important than worrying about the protein. As long as you're getting 20 grams of protein per meal, your bike can use that. You know, if you're getting a pound of protein, you know, 0.8 to a pound of protein per day, per pound, uh, 0.8 to one gram of protein per pound of body weight per day, you're going to be all right. You know, men has a little bit higher protein needs than women. And also as you get older, your protein needs go up a little bit because your body's breaking down quicker. So that's a rough thing, 0.8 to one pound, uh, one gram per pound of body weight. And you're good. Outside that, I really wouldn't worry too much. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's great to ask questions like this and to do research, yeah. but just don't get too carried away when applying it to yourself. You know, get your basics sorted first. And like Andy said, unless you're a sort of top-level athlete, don't don't worry too much, you know, about the distribution. Um, I, hope, I hope we've answered that to your satisfaction but yeah if we do find any any research we will of course uh put it out there on uh on our ig yeah but really good question we enjoyed that one um i think the next one is very apt for heading back into the gyms and that is are doms an essential indicator of successful training no no you know what we're so conditioned I think we're so conditioned to believe they are. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No pain, them. no, pain, no gain, man. Yeah. No. <laughs> we get so conditioned to think, oh, yeah, I love DOMS. Yeah. Because it makes you feel like you trained hard. But you can train hard and not get DOMS. There's a lot of things down to nutrition and, you know, the Perry, um, the Perry workout window where, you know, that area around training where you can prevent DOMS just by having, you know, yeah. More glutamine in your diet, or better salt, you know, more potassium and sodium. But here's the thing: DOMS aren't an indicator, but are they bad either? No, not really. Just as long as you can recover in between your sessions, it's neither good nor bad. If you are someone who likes getting DOMS, okay, great. <laughs> um, I've always hated leg DOMS because oh. it prevent me from doing anything. Yep. Um, but like, if I get chest doms, it don't really ma- make a difference in my day to day. Yeah. You know, also. it's, um, so yeah, I suppose it's neither good nor bad. Um, but don't use it as an indicator of a good session. Don't get down. If you're someone who gets down because you don't feel doms, you need to just then reevaluate what causes doms and understand that it's not that important. Yeah. Speaking of which, even for, it's just uh, one of the research podcasts I was listening to. And 
it, uh, there was a good point made where for beginners, you know, also beginners have this thing of I'm going to the gym. Uh, most beginners have, uh, you know, most people start with a bro split. You're going in doing 50 sets on each muscle. And there was, uh, it's, it's, a, it's just, it was a good paper. And it was saying how for untrained individuals, just one intense set of an exercise is enough to induce hypertrophy as your beginning because you remember you're untrained so it's new stress you don't need three million uh reps to get the domes that you're chasing after and you can still be sort of an experienced lifter and be untrained y yes yes yeah if, so you, just if you've been remember wasting, that yeah if you've been wasting time you know um training what do you say you've been working out and not training yeah i like that exactly. like, almost yeah. like you can <laughs> Um, the other thing to bear in mind is novel stimulus will also give you DOM sometimes because your body's trying to adapt to, yes. to a new thing. So you're more likely to get DOMs when you were starting back, like now the gyms will be opening. Yep. But the fact is, it's still not necessarily indicative of a good training of a session. Good session. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is reasons for it and you shouldn't overly worry about DOMs too much, whether you have them or you don't. If you do have them, just make sure you recover. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's a good indicator of recovery. If you start off with DOMS the first day after, you know, you've, you know, you know, once you've gone, you've probably recovered enough. I yeah. think. Uh, but I know with my legs, I could go a whole week without losing DOMS in the legs, and you know, if I've been doing a new block, sometimes you know, it's not normally the first week because that's like the reload week. Again, yeah. learning movement patterns. It's the following week where I suddenly decide to go heavy. Heavy, so yeah. <laughs> Pattern, yeah. you know, it take me about a week to get back over it, you know, and yeah. I do two lots of legs a week, but split normally quads and hams in different days, but I'll end up training legs again with DOMS still in if you're not careful. Yeah. So, you know, with days like that, you know, it's sometimes good to get a massage, bath, make sure glutamine in your diet, but again, you know, you can have a great session without ever getting DOMS. Absolutely. I, I think that's why at some point I used to do a lot of high volume training. Like, I, used, like I used to be a DOMS chaser, man. I, <laughs> I'm guilty. Well, you were told, was... told you you had a good session. Yeah, it was yeah. A yeah. silly. If you didn't get DOMS, you'd be like, oh, that's a shit. Yeah, yeah it's not, not going to, you know, be growing my muscle and if, if it's not in pain. Yeah, and it's so bad because if I did four sets this week and there were no DOMS, I'd be six <laughs> the next week. If it, exactly, I'd it, do yeah. eight. And it's just. I think it, it was wasted sessions, but, you know, it's good to be young. Your recovery is uh, yeah. quicker and you're, you're learning. But so Here's the thing. It's, it's a good thing, Doms, if it makes you passionate about your training. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you get yeah. Doms and go, yeah, I did a vegan session. We go in. Again. Yeah. <laughs> true, That's true. not a bad thing. It's just probably not, it's just not needed. Not, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not, not ideal. Yeah. It was just... Uh, I just call it dumps chasing. <laughs> oh yeah, well I would say the majority of people are, and I'd say most new clients who work with me, you know, sometimes I'll just check in with them and like, how how are you feeling after that workout? And they're like, oh I don't don't know if it was working. It didn't feel any dumps. And, <laughs> and it is it it is it's just it, it about education and to True. like you say just 
you've got to try and stop that sort of ingrained yeah. belief that you have to have them. Um, yeah. No pain, no gain. Yeah, no, there's a lot of gain without pain. <laughs> yep, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, in fact, it's preferable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> much, much. Yeah. All right, next question. So post-pregnancy, diastasis, rectite, and pelvic girdle safe exercises. Um, we have a great... Uh, podcast on this with the pelvic floor specialist Sarah um, Peacock Um, but in a nutshell um, it's really great to work with a pelvic floor physio when you are postpartum so generally you get your clearance around six weeks um, but that can be way too early for some Um, so you know when you have your normal checkup with your GP after six weeks uh, a pelvic floor physio is not involved, um, but in the podcast we talk about how they really should be. So if you do have diastasis recti, that's a separation of your your abs um, when you're pregnant, and you can you can sort of measure them yourself. And but you know when you're when you're postpartum, best to avoid any crunching movements. No no sit ups nothing like that you really want to focus on regaining the connection of your your pelvic floor um, and trying to connect that with your breath as well and really working on just yeah I would say restoring that sort of mind muscle connection with your deep core muscles your transversus abdominis and the pelvic floor um, and starting from there um, breathing is going to be really important um, pelvic girdle safe exercises um, this can be different for different people generally you might want to avoid sort of single leg uh, kind of movements that can put quite a bit of pressure on your pelvic girdle um, so it's just a very slow process of building back your strength and awareness with your muscles sort of slowly and safely um, and again, everyone can be very different with this. That's why it's great to work with a pelvic floor physio or a personal trainer who is very knowledgeable pre and postnatal. Um, and you know, it can. It every woman is so different, and it can take up to a year to recover. You know, fully from giving birth. Um, but it's not to say that diastasis or pelvic girdle pain is sort of a a handicap or that you shouldn't work out. You can definitely work out, just need to do it in a safe um, uh, manner. Um, So please do listen to that episode with Sarah. We talk a lot about this and yeah, her contacts are all there. If you wanna start, you know, getting back into exercise. I would, yeah, with that, just be careful where you get your information from because, Definitely. Yeah. as Claire as just said, you know, you'll need to find a personal trainer that's actually done the training, done training in uh, postnatal training and, and, you know, a, a proper pelvic floor expert physio because, you know, there's a lot of personal trainers in this world that tell you they know how to train Son is pregnant, Son is had a child, but the reality is there's a chance of getting injuries if they don't know what they're doing. And so always seek professional advice if you need it. Yeah, and um, 
I've had some horror stories. You know, um, someone's just come back. Sorry, not just come back. Someone is ready to exercise, being cleared uh, postpartum. Joins more of a group online and that is just not tailored to them at all. You know, you're going to have to be pretty careful with high impact exercises, burpees, squat jumps, things like that. Um, so, you you know, just again, like just be really careful who you work with, your your information sources and just take your time. Yeah. I mean, your body yes. has been through so much. I mean, what an incredible journey. Yeah, because you know you got to think there's a lot, been a lot of changes to your biology in order for you to you know have to deliver a baby, which means incre- increasing flexibility of ligaments and joints, and you know, and so the bones can move around. So it means things may not reset fully yet. So don't rush getting back into a gym without talking to some experts. So then get back in, but again, slowly, slowly. Let your body come. You know, there's a there's a big race now for women to look amazing a few yep. weeks after giving up birth. You know, don't stress it so much. You know, yeah, just get into it nice and carefully. You know, women also need to realise pregnancy actually increases the number of fat cells in the body. It's the only thing it does to an adult increase the fat cells. Um, so you will be holding more weight. You know, so don't bully yourself about that. It's very normal. Just get back into healthy habits so you're healthy and then go from there. Exactly. All right. What is meant by RPE? And that is a rate of perceived exertion. Um, And I mean, there's there's all sorts of different scales for this, and people yeah. use it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use it for for cardio. Um, not Wait. some. Which one? Yeah, RPE. RPE. I don't know. You don't really use RPE for uh, sort of weight lifting as such, mm. um, or do you? I suppose I, like you could, yeah. but yeah. you'd always be if you're a power lifter, you'd always be on. Ten. Ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> unless, yeah. unless it's competition time. Yeah. So basically, one is easy and ten is super hard. Um, Actually, zero is failure, I believe. Um, yeah. So I did one zero to ten. To ten being absolute true max. Yeah. Yeah. Nine. So, so I put in my plans. I put an RP scale key. So yeah. if I put a number down, we, we know what it means. So. Number 10, absolute true max, like literally one met max, you're almost dropping the bar on yourself. You need someone to help you re-rack it. 9.5, not max, but you could not do another lift, so someone would Mm -hmm. have to help you re-rack the weight. You know, nine, one rep left in the back, which means you struggle on that last, so you're shaking as you lift it, but you can rack it yourself. But if you were to do another rep, you'd probably fail. Yeah. Um, 8.5, same, two, you know, you start to shake, you're starting to struggle to lift that weight, and then you rack it. You know, and then eight, nice, relatively easy. You know, you, you know, so there's no sort of extra stress. I seldom use a an RP of eight unless it's a warm up set. Mm. You know, everything else is like really from nine nine to ten. Yeah. And volume, but generally speaking, I would say ten should feel like you're about to die. <laughs> yeah. Like. And that's just what, you know, you're pretty much like your one rep max. Nine, 
say like you know well 10 could still be like you could do 10 reps for that last rep you know you there's no way you can't get off your chest that is true failure mm-hmm. you know you go down to do your 10th rep and it's lodged against your chest and you can't move and you have to call for help that is 10 yeah. 9.5 would be where you could just get it off your chest and you may be screaming and someone may have to quickly come in and make sure you get it racked nine you lift it into the rack but you want to cry and crawl off a bench that's kind of how i would tell someone every single set should afterwards make you feel like jelly yeah you're doing a nine to ten sort of rpe yeah so i mean some people use reps in reserve um which is kind of like the same thing where, you know, you might have two reps in reserve, which means you f- you're lifting a weight where you feel like you could still do oh, yeah. two reps. I was confusing the two, actually. And it does get confusing because <laughs> you've got RIR, you've yeah. got reps in reserve um, and RPE. So it, it does get very confusing, but it is very useful especially in an online setting where you're not with the client you know like if i'm with a client i can i can see i can i can choose the weight for them i I can see for the next set oh yeah they could definitely handle it but for online it's very useful for us trainers to give you the scale so that you know how to push yourself and and some exercises lend themselves better to different rpes like you know, if, if you are going to failure, you might want to use a sort of a, a machine, a more stable machine. Like for leg extensions, going to failure is pretty safe if you're on your own. So it is it is very useful um, for you to get to know what it means. Um, well, say, that's the thing. I think you touched on a very important point there. I would say 90% of people in a gym never lifted to failure. Never. Yeah. As in, no one's had to drop a weight. Yeah, and gyms don't like you dropping away. If you know, I've I've done it where you know, I've had to drop away, and it's so you know, and you look around and you're a bit, a bit embarrassed by it. But once you've done it a couple of times, it's right. But that's the thing, you know, no one's really until you've experienced a true failure on the weight, like doing a squat where you've had to ditch for bar because it's just too heavy. Like you, there's no way you can get it up, so you have to ditch it. Until you've done that, almost. You, you, you won't know what 9.5 is. Yeah. <coughs> and it's scary. <laughs> Taking yourself to those deep waters where it takes a lot of balls to get under a bar, especially, that could potentially fail on. But I think you need to do it. And yeah, as you said, it's easier almost to start doing it on something like, say, an inclined chest press. Because if you drop that, you're not going to really hurt yourself. Or a Smith machine, even, where you've got your safeties in place. Yep. Yeah, that's why safeties on power racks and things are so important. And I've never understood people who don't put them in. People who don't put them in, put the safeties on, you know they're not going to go anywhere near failure. Nope. They're playing it safe. So, you know, you have those safeties in. It's potential. There's always potential for you to drop away when you're pushing yourself to the limit. And I think as long as you're doing that, where, yeah, occasionally you will fail and that's okay. Yeah. You need to fail before you know where you're going to be. So yeah. Like you said, some some exercises are just safer to push to failure, and some there's there's just no need. It's, it's just the what is it the risk to reward, reward ratio? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah. And if you are you know, I will generally make sure Leon is around if I'm going for heavy stuff. 
So, you know, if, if, if that's you, that's fine. Just make sure you've got a strong uh, training partner. You know, if that gives you more confidence to push harder. Absolutely. So, yeah, I highly recommend you familiarize yourself with RPE, RIR, whatever makes more sense to you, just yeah. so that yeah. you, you know you know how to push yourself in the gym and even record it in your in your logbook um, because that is a way of, you know, of, of progression. So. Yeah, because they confuse me, but I've realized <laughs> RIR is just more, it's easier for yeah. me to, RPE, it confuses me and it's like 10. Is 10 the hard or... Yeah, but when I use the reps in reserve, it's just what it's called. It's reps in reserve. One rep, two. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, um, it works the same in the opposite direction. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with it, it's, you know, you got to know what, uh, you know, deep water feels like to swim in. Yes. Uh, generally, people don't. And, you know, that's why people don't understand it because they've never been. Mm hmm those intense levels and you're right you know it's good to have someone around when you're doing it you know also you know try it a couple of times get used to trashing the gym um yeah get used to dropping those weights and being embarrassed you know guess, it's okay yeah, and when you do that just blame it on andy <laughs> yeah just like, guess, when, they, when they throw you out you'd be like but andy said so but i guess that's why you know uh, um powerlifting strongman some bodybuilding gyms that are not commercial are that's the best thing. place to just exactly. go. find the gym where you can scream, shout, and occasionally drop away. Yeah, and mm -hmm. everyone you drop weights all the time, and you should be trying to, you know, you should be doing one rep maxes. Yeah, you should be looking fail on you know at least six, eight, or ten reps sort of ranges, maybe even fifteen. You know, yeah. it's your last rep of any set should be. Up in those top layers. Really yeah, hard. You, yeah. You need Push a yourself. You need a gym where you go and scream and yeah. the guys are cheering you on. <laughs> Not scream and everyone is like, oh, it's that guy. Again. Like, yeah. I've been at gyms where guys shouldn't be. Like, they're real commercial gyms and they're using chalk on their hands and screaming. We look like idiots because it's the wrong place for that. Right? And yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. I'll make a gym but i make sure i go to a gym that's full of similar people yeah yeah, yeah. it makes a huge difference mm. even just mentally if you can't find a gym like that you're gonna have to build yourself one exactly yeah, exactly. yeah so you can make as much noise as you want going to scre gym. scream for the Coming monkeys and the, the monkeys <laughs> and the pigs <laughs> they might join you be yeah. like oh a fellow yeah the, a mon fellow warthog. the monkeys and the warthogs will be like that's where we want to be that, that yeah. Tarzan is there. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Okay. Um, next question. Why am I weaker now back in the gym? And what does that actually mean? Um, I think we've, 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 we've covered that in, in yeah. this sort of whole podcast. Yeah. You're, you're, you're detrained, um, deconditioned and you're just going back into the gym. You feel weaker because it's probably new, new, new movements to you. In a different yeah. equipment, different stimuli. Even if you've done it before, you're yeah. detrained. But again, it's a positive thing because you've now at a lower start point mm -hmm. to grow from. You know, you can only progress so much before you've got to come down and have a deload week just so you can almost do the same thing again. You've got to try and almost detrain yourself to get maximum gains. Yeah, sometimes. so it's. And that's why we change movement patterns around from block to block. So you're, you don't come accustomed to one set of movements yeah. so you can keep making progress. 
Mm. So I, I like that, you know, turn what you think is negative into a real positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, Not so our final question is what, oh, who, sorry, who motivates you? Gosh, a lot of people. There's <laughs> <laughs> a thing, though, I, you know, there's, I suppose there's two parts to that question. Like, you know, I'm sure we mean it in a gym sense. But, you know, I, I'm more motivated by people in life than the gym. You know, the gym to me is like a habit. I don't need someone to motivate me to get into the gym. I don't need to look at people to be motivated. Yeah. Yeah, because there's days when I'm just not motivated and I'll go train anyway. Yeah. But day-to-day motivations, you know, I mean, there's people who inspire me through the training style and stuff. Like people like JP, you get inspired by seeing that int- level of intensity or, mm-hmm. you know, James Hollingshead, you know currently but they don't motivate me i'll go to gym regardless but day to day like business there's yeah guys are always motivating me you know i look at people like ollie who who's really like working hard to you know put everything in place for his family yeah and i'm I'm older i've already done most of that Mm -hmm. stuff put things in place but we can learn from each other all the time and you know i i follow a lot of general business guys on and you know see and sometimes it's good to watch people that are newer in business and stuff to rekindle your excitement for business yeah. Yeah. and i think that's more motivating for me at the moment it's like all right what can i do to, to you know i was talking to a friend of, i've got a friend who i used to play my group called tarsi and i haven't seen him for about 20 years and he lives in a massive mansion house just down the road from where i'm staying nine bedroom house in town drives a tesla owns a private island oh nice we were chatting yeah, yeah. and we're talking about the goal is about creating generational wealth He's now thinks, you know, he's been very good at what he does, and he is very good. He was one of the first guys to come up with banking applications and sold them, and, you know, he's got his company that he set up 14 years ago to do that. So he's at the forefront there, and he's done really well for himself, and he's now looking to sort of possibly leave and sell his business to just focus on the fun stuff, but he's just got to make sure. And mm-hmm. that's chatting to him, and it's like, don't be scared to come up with an idea. Don't be scared to implement the idea but also enjoy living. And he goes, as long as you're enjoying actual living, however that may be, you'll come up with ideas because you'll be in a happier place. Yeah. As soon as you, that's why he left working for someone. He's doing really well. He's like, well, no, you know, I want to kind of do my own thing and experience, even if it had failed. He was lucky it didn't. And, you know, and that's something inspiring. Having, you know, and I, I did it, leaving government employee to, to just move out to Africa and do the security thing. And yeah. I made it work. And I suppose that is the point. It's like you get the inspiration, motivation from the situation. When you're tied up unhappy, it's hard to be inspired. Definitely. When you find yourself as a wage slave doing data input for someone, you know, you, you, you feel uninspired, so you stop thinking about new ideas. You stop looking to improve your life and I think that's quite important and yeah you bought this island not because it's a good idea it's just a waste of money really (laughs) giving him some more focus to come up with other ideas yeah Yeah. Yeah. but I think yeah that's something we can all learn from and that's what I'm trying to learn from guys like that about you know where what what you need to do and you know my big thing is you know trying to create generational wealth so my daughter's gonna have a better life than me and, and her kids have a better life than her and you know, and I suppose 
that's a big part of it. So I don't get inspired by gym people, particularly. Um, the gym is what I enjoy doing. So for me, even when I can't be asked, I do You'll it be because there, it is yeah. part of my habits. And it's, I've got a really structured life. I wake yeah. up, I know what time I'm going to eat. I know, yeah, literally, from the moment I wake up, I do one thing. I go get a glass of water. I then go do my steps. Big first 5,000 steps. I come back in feeling fresh. Go to Lou, weigh myself. Right, every single day, same. Then, well, actually now, I've added blood glucose wine. So I wake mm. up, I do my blood pressure, take my blood mm. glucose, note them down, drink my drink, go for the walk, get back, weigh myself, then have breakfast. Then in two and a half hours now, I've got to take my blood glucose again. Then I eat again. And it's, it's a very structured thing. It's like, oh, I know what time I'm going to have to go to bed latest. Yeah. Then <laughs> bed, yeah, waking up. So in that time, I know this hour, or this is like two hours, is set aside for gym work. That's habit. I don't need motivation. But anyway... That's, that's me. What about yeah. you guys? Yeah, no, I, I, I think I'm the same. I'm not necessarily motivated so much by sort of m- more well-known or famous athletes or bodybuilders on IG. I think it's more the sort of, I don't want to say smaller, but sort of less known people. Like you say, I'm, I'm motivated a lot by my clients, um, by their sort of successes. Um and just a lot of colleagues around me I find them very motivational and and you can relate to can relate to them more maybe they're in a similar sort of situation as you and you can just yeah take inspiration and motivation from them I mean obviously looking at a physique or somebody you admire is motivational um, but sometimes that can just be too too many steps away or a little bit too you don't know them so I think it is nice to admire people and find them motivational. But yeah, definitely I find the people around me um, very motivational. Yeah, I guess. Uh, same thing. It's more the clients. But in terms of work and inspiration, I'm motivated more. I don't like the word motivation. Let's use inspiration. I'm inspired yeah, by... Yeah. <laughs> I'd say like now working with Ollie is amazing. I've always yeah. followed, you know, Jamie Alderton because I, I just love how they made the f- fitness into like a big business in terms of just helping other guys, inspiring other trainers. And I don't know, I, I enjoy seeing people unselfish with information. Yeah. If I... I got, you know, I was able to set up myself like this and I'm able to pass the steps to someone else. That's inspirational. And and guys can see that because you're just, your energies and you're a nice person and you're willing to help. And honestly, right now, even in terms of business bodybuilding, I'd say JP because he's an amazing bodybuilder, amazing business person. His business that is doing well. Mm-hmm. His site, his giving oh, okay. information. Yeah. You know, Ollie has helped us a lot. There's Jamie Alderton. I, I watch his uh, online classes. Then there's Phil Graham. And, yeah. And I then, and also, I've always been inspired by my dad because of his passion in f- sports and his like number one, top of the list. And I find that as much as 
right now is when I realize a lot of the stuff because he was my coach since you know I started playing sports and I just realize I'm able to coach the way I do but through uh, learning a lot from the way he coached me as much as I didn't see it at first but now I can see you know the the patient the the patience the drive to just get more information to help and so yeah it's more the guys who are in it for the business who are in it to uplift others and for me it's the guys I'm inspired by guys I want to become like you know yeah. so yes I would so, like to be that coach guys are just like you know he helped me I want to go I, I want to know the steps he took to yeah and be able to give back yeah, the same that, way I find yeah, that yeah. very inspirational yeah. I think so yeah, I think that's the key there what you said about there's a difference between motivation and inspiration. I think it's great to get inspiration from other people. Yeah. I think motivation, majority of motivation, especially you see in successful people, is self-motivation. Yes. The only, as you think about it, the only person who motivates me to do what anything is my daughter. Yeah. It's easy once you've got a child, you then you yeah. know there's, you know, you've got to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, you know, parents can be a big inspiration. Like my dad is one of my heroes, not because he's done, you know, these amazing things it's just because growing up we had four kids there was always food on the table always a roof over our head we didn't true. really want much he worked hard his whole life yeah. true, true, true. and that's and that's you know that's inspiration you know that's as a parent that's the most i can hope to achieve you know make sure my daughter's always comfortable and try and give her a better life and she's the only motivation outside that everyone else is just inspiration yeah yeah yeah. 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 Oh, yeah i like and, that uh, and I believe also that it's more the people who inspire you, like the energies you get from certain people will also, you'll see it in yourself, you know, in terms of your success yeah. and how you deal with other people, whether you're willing to help and just share information. And that goes a long way. Like nowadays, now where it's all social media, everyone has a secret formula to <laughs> something. It's just yeah. nice to be able to interact with people who are willing to share information and and, and i think this is the thing as you get older the people you seek inspiration from aren't those people with these amazing physiques oh, online definitely mm. it's, it's let's changed take a penny. <laughs> let's take a penny and this is the problem when you're young it's easy to get dragged into that going oh yeah that, like that you know like people you know kendall jenner everyone will follow her yeah mm. and great i mean she got she's been on by lock who actually gives a little bit more back but um that's a different argument for a different day but the inspiration is as you get older, it's more about what you want to see in yourself. And I like looking at someone like J- Jordan Peters, JP. You you mentioned him. He is an inspiration mm-hmm. in the fact that, like, in the gym, he's an absolute beast. Yeah. The horrible dude in the gym when he's lifting. But he steps away from that machine. He's one of the nicest, polite guys <laughs> who's always to help people and everything else. And, like, everyone, I've really, there's guys, you know, say someone like, you know, when you're chatting to people about podcasts, and you know, I was speaking to Don Fondero, they're like yeah. quite famous people online, and, and but they're still willing to give up time. And you know, and you speak to, you know, I was talking to Dr. Dean the other day, yeah, you know, and before I, you know, I, I paid for a full consultation with him, but I was just chatting to him, and the, the amount of information he was giving me for 
just yeah. as his time. And that's like inspiring, you know. And I always try to be about myself. Anyone asks me a question about anything, I'll always try to answer. I know. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, that's what we're hoping to do through the podcast. <laughs> exactly. So. Yeah, that's, that's the like reason. Many people in the fitness world who don't want to share the table. And it goes against them. You know, the table's big enough as, you know, billions of people in this world. Yep, it's huge. <laughs> more and more people are trying to get fitter and fitter. So rather than people working against each other, they actually lift everyone up together. Yeah. Exactly, and there's and, uh, someone for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because yeah. I was having this conversation actually with Alvin in the morning and he's a younger trainer and yeah. I, I was just... Uh, I was like we were just talking about the same thing and it's nice you know when someone asks you for information and genuinely wants you know answers rather than try to pick your head to sort of find a secret that you could be hiding it's a bit like I think Ollie posted the other day someone copied his diet I um, saw crazy word for word (laughs) just change the pictures and then it's like look it's fine to take inspiration don't then copy it. Bit like, you know, so if someone asks you a question and it's their own knowledge, they should be also getting knowledge from elsewhere. Exactly. Then bring it together. Yes, yes. Push it out. Rather than just going, yeah, you told me I'm going to push it out and charge some of that information. Mm-hmm. Bit like when you look at someone like Kai Green's e-books that he's quite fine. <laughs> like, that's information you can all get for nothing now. Yep. Right? And, you know, that's all out there. And, you know, you got to think way people are conducting themselves isn't always good and you know one thing I you know I insist that if someone asks me my opinion about something just take it in but also you know think about it you know I don't expect you to necessarily take it but but then don't you know then don't disregard it completely you know if I've gone to the trouble of answering if it's not the answer you want to hear that doesn't make it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> people will just ask people their opinion about something to hopefully validate their already held beliefs. Belief, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> and that, that's not the way to, to learn anything. You've got to go open-minded and you know, be willing to change and adjust your Big mindset. time. And just yeah. give credit where credit's due. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, I think that concludes this episode. Um, and we have one more episode for season two. Which is crazy. I can't believe we've we've already gone through season yeah, two. Many, uh, yeah, we started this at the beginning of lockdown. Yeah. So, so far 12. we have like 20, 25 episodes. Plus 20, season 20, one. 24, it shows how long 25. lockdown's been. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> true. Well, yeah, well, we've done a whole season in lockdown. In lockdown, yeah. Jeez. Call it the lockdown season. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, so we'll, we'll be back next week with our final episode. Um, and that will be on mental health. I think it will be a really great one. Um, and then we'll take a little podcasting break before we come back with season three. Oh, it's so exciting! Season three, the plans. Yeah, 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 no, it is. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. Um, so thanks again for sending in the questions, and we'll catch you next week. Yeah, like, share, review, share again, and uh, share some more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> keep sharing. <laughs> All right, keep inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Ask. Yeah, I, I know. know people listen to these podcasts and they go away with questions and forget to ask us the questions. Yeah. <laughs> ask. And not ask. in the not in the DM. When I put the ask thing, just just ask. 
don't. Uh... No, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, because as we've just said, you know, we're looking to help people and give our information. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we enjoy, I, like your questions, we enjoy reading up on stuff we we don't know. Yeah, and we discuss before, we people don't realise we, we have sit-down conversations yeah. before we start recording. We, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll go through ideas, you know. We're also learning. Questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good to challenge us. Yeah, so... Keep challenging, keep inspiring. Oh, right. If you're a doctor of biology or saying, don't, don't challenge us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed. You're not allowed to ask questions. Instead, come on to the podcast. Yeah, you yeah. can't yeah. come on to it. <laughs> All right. See you in the next episode. Nice, nice, guys.